0: Welcome to Find Your Niche, a career podcast offering advice that you can implement today, as well as career tips that will set you on a career path and help you to find your niche. I'm Lori Cole, Certified Career Coach and Job Search Advisor with iHire.
1: iHire connects you to industry-specific jobs in over 57 talent communities. Find your niche today on iHire.
0: Today, we're talking about a topic that's sure to light a fire under you, how to reignite your passion for work. Because let's be honest, just going through the motions and getting by isn't what you were meant to do. You were meant to rock this world and make your mark. And let me tell you, that's exactly what our guest, Laura Cross, is doing.
1: Here are the latest trends, topics, and tips that will help you in your job search.
0: As the great American writer, Maya Angelou, once said, My mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive and to do so with some passion and some compassion, some humor, and some style. Maya's words remind us that our work should be a source of joy and fulfillment and purpose. But let's face it, sometimes work feels more like a chore or maybe even a prison sentence. I'm not even supposed to be here today. That's why today I'll share three action items that can help you reignite your passion and remind you why you started down this career path in the first place. When you are feeling burned out and disengaged, it's super easy to feel like you're just going through the motions. That's why the first step to reigniting your passion for work is to challenge yourself. And this means pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone and trying new things. Maybe you can volunteer for a new project or a task you've never done before at work. Stop I as a tribute. You can also take a class and that can be a real challenge for you. And you can find thousands of free and low-cost online classes at iHire on just about any topic. And it doesn't even have to be a class about your current job. It can be a class that can help you with a new hobby like photography or interior design. When you challenge yourself, it can help you feel renewed with this new sense of excitement and it can really help to reignite your passion for work. The second thing you need to do is to find your tribe. Your tribe is that group of people who share your values, who inspire you and push you to be your better self. When you find your tribe, you'll have a support system that helps you stay motivated and engaged in your work. This means connecting with people who are doing what you do or people that have similar interests as you. You can find your tribe by joining professional organizations. You can attend networking events or attend a conference. I just returned from a conference, and it's amazing what shaking up your day and getting away from your desk and into another setting can do for you. You get to talk to people in your industry, you get to compare notes, and a lot of times you find out they're facing the same problems that you face on a daily basis. And then you can start talking about solutions. When you find your tribe, you feel less alone and more connected to your work. My third recommendation is to embrace failure. The fear of failure can hold us back and keep us from taking risks in our career. But the truth is, failure is just a path and a part of the road to success. When you embrace failure, you are able to learn from your mistakes and grow professionally. This means you have to reframe failure and use it as an opportunity for growth. When you're willing to take risks and try new things, you'll be able to discover your strengths and your passions, and you will feel more engaged and fulfilled. As Maya said, it's our mission not just to survive, but to thrive. Talk about somebody who is on fire and passionate about her job. It's Laura Cross. Laura is a marketing manager at Live Nation. And if you don't know what they do, they are the global leader in live events and ticketing. So if you want to go to a concert, whether it be country or hip hop or anything in between, Laura is the person to know. And let me tell you, she knows the DC concert scene like the back of her hand. She is obsessed with creating a great guest experience for you, the concert goer, at the different venues. She's always coming up with new ideas to make your concerts even better.
1: Let's hear from today's featured guests who has found their niche.
0: Hi, Laura. It's so good to have you on the Find Your Niche podcast today. Thanks for coming in.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Laura, could you give me an idea of what you do as the venue marketing manager at Live Nation?
2: Yeah, so Currently, in my role as a venue marketing manager, I oversee the marketing operations for Live Nation's owned and operated buildings in the DMV area. So that includes things like Warner Theater in DC, our club in Silver Spring, the Fillmore. I also do stuff with their big amphitheater in Bristow, Virginia, and then a couple of other odds and ends at other venues around the area. So it's kind of everything from helping the promoters promote the shows, also thinking about the brand identity of the venues, how Live Nation brings their brand to the venues while we also have a unique voice for those clubs, theaters, amphitheaters, helping with press, helping with social media, um, helping with email marketing. It's kind of the big overarching umbrella of this part of live nation that we call venue nation that really focuses on like fan experiences, getting people in the building, making sure artists have a great experience helping with that venue operations side with hiring. So it's a nice like big picture role um, in the Live Nation world, and I, I like being a little part of it here on the East Coast and helping with all of our owned and operated venues out here.
0: For people who aren't familiar with Live Nation, I I had not heard of it. I think that we probably know it by other names in our region. But give me a rundown about what Live Nation is and what you guys do.
2: Yeah, so kind of big picture, Live Nation's a concert promoter. They're a venue operator. As well as many other things. You might know them on the ticketing side. In my world, I really focus on the side of things that are the venue operations. So, Live Nation has a whole portfolio of venue brands that are global, that are across the US. So, you might have a Fillmore in your city that, you know, the Fillmore in San Francisco, the Fillmore Charlotte, Fillmore Miami, like, um, and then here in DC, where we have the Fillmore Silver Springs. So, they kind of operate all of those venues, book shows there, promote the shows and kind of do everything from the top down. So basically, if you ever go to a show and it says presented by Live Nation or you're at a Live Nation venue, um, they kind of have a little piece of all the parts of the puzzle. So when you're at a concert, hope it's a Live Nation show.
0: I was just going to say, I am jealous. Does that mean you get free concert tickets to things?
2: You know, yes, is the easy answer. I think it's funny because Live Nation actually has like a great like, employee perks program, so like I'll be seeing John Mayer in New Jersey soon, and that's kind of like outside of my region, but especially in my world. like I'm going to a show tonight at Warner Theater. I was at a show at the Fillmore Silver Spring last night, so it's definitely a world where you love being on your feet, you love being in the crowd, you love being backstage and hanging out with the staff and making sure like everything's running smoothly, so it's a little bit of everything, but it's definitely super fun. How does this job fit in with your lifestyle? It's a nights and weekends business and that's like when I'm at my best. Like if I had to start a job at eight AM, I think I would not thrive. <laughs> um, yeah. so I'm more of the like, oh, you need to be me to be at a show until two AM. That's perfect for me. But to be somewhere <laughs> at eight, I'm gonna struggle. Um I love going to shows, but It's not so much just like, oh, you get the free concert ticket and you're watching the show. For me, it's I really enjoy being like a part of the event. And that's really how I got started was all like event planning and then kind of fell into the world of live concerts. And then we also do other stuff like comedy shows and we'll do like more like bigger production stuff at some of the theaters, too. So
0: what was your career path? What what did your journey look like
2: and how did you land in this job? I really like to make it clear to people that I had no idea what I wanted to do. Like I didn't, I meet people in this industry all the time who say, I've been playing guitar since I was five years old, or I was in voice lessons when I was 12, or I really liked the performance side, or I did theater in high school. And I've like known that I've wanted to work in music or work in live events. And I always enjoyed, like, I always loved going to concerts. I was always a big concert goer, but like, again, I never made the connection that, There's people behind the scenes doing stuff. There's someone marketing the shows. There's someone ordering the advertising materials. Like that never crossed my mind. And so I tell like when people intern with us, I'll always talk to them and be like, you don't have to know what you want to do from the time that you're 18 and you go to college and you're picking a major. Because like I walked into my advisor's office and went, I would just really love to never take a math class. Like that was was, like my only factor was you know, I think I'm kind of a creative person, but I don't want to be an art major because I don't really see myself like pursuing that as a career. And and then kind of going down, like I was a public relations major in college, which I think is a good blank slate. You kind of fall into a lot of stuff. Like a lot of people go into PR, a lot of people go into marketing. And I really enjoyed that major. I also, like my sophomore year, took a bunch of art history classes and then all of a sudden became an art history major and for, and, and I did finish that major and I loved doing it. And I just always did stuff, was drawn to stuff that I already liked. Um, but I didn't have like, okay, I need to have these internships. I need to have this experience because my end goal is X, Y, Z. I kind of just always followed what I enjoyed. So yeah, like I left college and was an, I had an art history degree and a comm degree. Um, but what I really felt like I got out of college was that. In my extracurriculars, we had this thing called the First Look Fair at Maryland, where you can kind of go around to all of the clubs and talk to the different people in them. And I ended up talking to our student programming board, who are the people who put on, um, they do a big spring concert, they do a fall comedy show, all with like the help of administrative staff at the university. But it's your first time learning how to work with a budget, how to market things to an audience, actually put on the event, you're there on the show day, you see it all play off. So yeah, I kind of started on campus, like promoting the events that we had coming up. And by the time, and that was my freshman year, by the time I left Maryland, I was the president of that organization. So it was kind of this like slow step up of like, you know, I cared way more about that organization than I did about my PR major. If anyone from my PR program is listening, I still really enjoyed it. Um, (laughs) But that was definitely like the most valuable thing I left with. And because I was in that organization, I was with a lot of people who were really career ambitious and really knew that they wanted to work at, you know, a talent agency, or they knew that they wanted to be a booker, they knew that they wanted to work in event production. And it wasn't until I was 20, 21, like meeting people who had careers in this industry, like, I just would have never thought it existed. And then I started to kind of pursue internships that were local. So like, I got a marketing internship at 930 Club, which is a very like grassroots boots on the ground. You're hanging up flyers, you're changing out posters, you're at the shows talking to people about upcoming events. That was kind of my first experience with outside of college doing some show promotions just on like that small scale level. And then I got really lucky and managed to get an internship at a record label in New York City. So, my I think it was between my junior and senior year. I went up and lived in New York and worked at this big major label and got to walk into the Warner Music Building every day. And so I adored that internship. And basically after that was like, this is what I'm doing. And I had done earlier in college, I had done my like PR internship that was just at a marketing PR firm. I I kind of equate it to like, I had some clients at that firm that I really enjoyed working on. One of them was PBS, but there were also clients that I didn't really care about a pharmaceutical brand, or I didn't really care about like a school that needed like a private school that needed marketing help, you know, like, um, so I always found that then working in music, it was kind of like you got to work in-house for a client that you really liked all of the time, but you still had all the variety of, you know, one day it's a punk rock show. One day it's a rap show. One day it's like an Afrobeat show. Like you still get all of that variety and there's that high turnover of artists that are coming through. And so it kind of stays fresh and exciting, even though you're, kind of working on the same client all the time, but like the fan bases are so different. Um, So I kind of decided I didn't like the kind of generic agency life, which is where like my school program kind of pushed people was, this is where you're going to get the big paying jobs. This is where you're going to get a lot of career growth. This is like where the jobs are. And I was just kind of like, oh, this one like wasn't really for me. And I think it's also, I tell people now when they have an internship that they don't like, you're still learning something, you know, like I definitely learned that that wasn't an an environment that I enjoyed. And then going and doing something that I really did enjoy, but was more of a risk was like, so validating. Yeah. And then I came back to school after that internship and also did an internship at Sirius XM in DC and their like music programming department. And so I kind of felt like all through college, I got to see different aspects of You know, I got to do the radio, like music programming side. I got to work at IMP and do some of the like local independent promoter stuff and see what that world was like. And then I got to do like the big label internship and I got to see like, okay, like what my major, like what my peers were doing in that like kind of more generic marketing internship. And then really like with all of that together was like, I really liked being on the promoter side. I like going to events. I like being a part of shows. I like meeting fans that was really how I found that world. Um, and then timing is always difficult. So I think, especially when you're leaving college, like you're going to have friends who are in the engineering school, who are in the business school that get jobs in like December and you're graduating in May and kind of like what happened with me is that like, I knew I couldn't apply for jobs in April if I was graduating in May, you know, like there's going to be this two week turnaround. So I'm kind of like, well, I'm not really applying to stuff. So, um, you just kind of have to write it out. You graduate and like hope for the best. And then I started like wildly applying to jobs while I was on vacation with my family. <laughs> um, yeah, and then that kind of, I started as a part-time marketing assistant just at the Fillmore Silver Spring, which I also think is a lesson in like, t- not like take what you can get, but I think a lot of people wouldn't have taken on like a part-time role. They'd kind of look for that. I want that full-time salaried, benefits. And I think I was definitely willing to compromise on okay, it's going to be 30 hours a week, but you know what, like I'll go work retail. I'll do so, I'll figure out something else to do with that other 10 hours that I wouldn't be 40 hours a week there. And I think I just loved doing it so much that like, I was fine with that. I was perfectly happy to be a fresh out of college, part-time marketing assistant for one venue. And I think over time and having a great manager and great people at that venue around me realizing, okay, she wants to do more work. She's here all the time eventually like a couple months down the line it became a full-time role and then when we had one person leave and move actually to like a different part of the company like and that became available i was able to jump into that role yeah it's it's been a crazy two summers now back um and really looking forward to the next upcoming concert season in this in the summer this year so
0: yeah you were so fortunate to find your career clarity this Early in your career to, to just understand yourself enough to say, I am a night owl. I am, I'm not going to be any good in the morning. I love the concert scene. I love everything about this. And even when you were in school, you were doing things for free with that club that what oh, yeah. that you were passionate about. It wasn't that it, it, it wasn't that you were getting paid to do that right?
2: Yeah. I think in college, I did one paid internship. Almost every internship I did cost me money, either in housing or transportation. And it's one of those things that realizing where you want to put your time and energy because you're not getting paid. And I worked on campus too. So I was kind of like, had my on-campus job Like besides that. But it's something now that like it's crazy to me that places don't pay their interns because it's just one of those things that it, it's an accessibility point for so many people that it, like if I couldn't have, right. aff- I went to Maryland for free because, um, my mom's a professor there. So I had tuition remission and that was the only reason that I could do all of these other things, you right. know? So I'm um, definitely grateful for like even being able to have the opportunity to do it. I think that, you know, I did all of those things for fun and then that also contributed to career growth. So I feel very fortunate in that aspect.
0: We've talked about what drives your passion for the job. You clearly absolutely love what you're doing. What part of your job do you find the most challenging?
2: That's a great question. I think sometimes because we're such a large company, every market does things a little bit differently. So I'm very close with the person who has my role in Philly, and we get a lot of the same shows. It also means we have a lot of the same problems, like. Um, or the not problems we've seen the same challenges. challenges. Solutions, yeah. Right? Um, and I really love that about this company because if I was working for a promoter that was just regionally based, I don't think you would have the same kind of network. Um, but I also think that sometimes they'll come up with a solution in one market that then they think might work in every market and then trying to one size fits all but it really is like one size fits most. So like every once in a while, you'll kind of come across challenges where you're like, well, our market's unique because of X, Y, Z reasons. So like maybe we want to do things a little bit differently here. I think having all of the assets that this a big company has is like a major benefit 99.9% of the time. But there's that little bit of a time where you want to do something a little bit differently and you're not quite sure um, if it's going to like work out. But I'm trying to think if there's ever really been I don't have a good example. I feel like that's more of like just an overall feeling.
0: Well, no, I I think you're right because in sales... A lot of times you need to sell differently to people in different parts of the country. You know, the things resonate differently with people on the East Coast than they do in the Midwest. So sometimes it's just knowing, being able to read that person and, and maybe understand where they're coming from, what part of the country and being able to play to that.
2: Yeah. And even knowing that, you know, we have these big amphitheaters that get these huge shows have bigger budgets and then how do we make that that kind of plan also fit for our small rooms that have smaller budgets or less resources less people and kind of scale down in the same way that we can also try and scale things up to them so it's kind of the challenge of balancing again i almost feel like every challenge is also something i love about the business is that like i get to work on these big amphitheaters and that's super fun but i also get to work on these smaller room clubs that are fun in a different way. And to me, like I always grew up going to the clubs, So I have a soft spot for places like the film silver spring that like host all of the bands that I really love. Um, So there can be challenges in having to flip that switch and you go from big summer concert country amphitheater mode to smaller, like hip hop act at like a 2000 club room. But I think that's also what keeps it fresh. You know, I think if you were working on the same type of show all the time, um, it would become like redundant, or you'd just be like spinning on the same wheel. So what part of your job
0: do you find most enjoyable?
2: I What I really like about my role in particular is being on site at the shows kind of from not not as early as the production people. I will give them that that they get there earlier than everyone else. Um, but I really love showing up to shows and you're there before gates open, you're there before doors open. Um, I do a lot of the fan communication. so like I'm on social media talking to fans. They want to know like what time does my favorite artist go on or like, you know, even simple stuff of like, what kind of like drinks do you have at the bars? So I really like being part of that. Like I think people can think of it as like a customer service role, but I really think of it as like a fan experience role. So like I always think about some of my like happiest memories or going to shows or like I remember my first concert and I like remember walking from the parking lot like to the venue and like trying to like, find my ticket in my bag because I had a physical ticket and like how different that is for people now but like wanting to create that experience for people and like I've had the privilege of like my first concert was Green Day in 2009 and like I would have never thought of this as like a career option I think I would have just gone to concerts and been like oh this is like a fun activity that people do but then now like you know Green Day doing a big live nation tour I can like go to the show and yeah I get comped the ticket but like I also get to feel like I'm part of like bringing the experience to everyone else. And I, I always like those like full circle moments a lot.
0: What is the company culture like at Live Nation?
2: Everyone who I've met who works in music, there's a reason they're doing it. You know, it's not a the highest paying job you're ever going to have. It's crazy hours. You're dealing with demanding people, you're at fans and on the talent side. Like it's a chaotic business. But I think then the type of person who ends up doing it, you all kind of have this switch that clicks the, in the same way. And I always felt like Live Nation like and my direct managers like recognized and brought people up from within, which is always yeah. something that I have very much appreciated having done a lot of my career at Live Nation post-graduation.
0: For... People considering a career in marketing, what advice would you give them on finding their niche and making a meaningful impact in their field?
2: I think it really just goes to follow what what you like. Like, I love going to concerts. And so I love selling people concert tickets. I love telling people to come to a venue. And so I think as long as you're, as a marketer, you really like the product and you really like the company and it's something that you would buy into yourself, you're always going to do a good job because you like believe what you're selling. I think that can sound kind of cheesy, but I found that's true with a lot of my coworkers. All of us are like lifers who can't imagine doing anything else. A lot of us have come from being interns, from it being our first job and not doing like a more agency side. And um, I think also just follow brands that you really like. I think that I really like also following all of the other venues and seeing what they're up to. And like, if I can see that, like, oh, that was a really great, especially on social media, that was a really great post. Like, we should be doing stuff like that. Or I really like the way that they called out this fan or um, they worked with this photographer. Like, we should see if we can work with them. Like, I think if you're kind of in that world and you're already consuming a lot of the content, it just makes it easier for you versus something that you're going to have to start at square one and learn every piece of the puzzle. Right. That's definitely my, my MO.
1: We appreciate our featured guest for joining the Find Your Niche podcast. Now, more career advice and stories from your host, Laurie Cole.
0: Have you heard of rage applying? That's when your job is so frustrating that you start blasting out job applications like the Incredible Hulk playing whack-a-mole. This approach has always been around, but TikTok recently gave it the name Rage Applying. It's just really a new name for an old strategy. Does this strategy work? Well, I've always said that getting a job is a numbers game. And the more you apply, the more likely you are to get an interview. So you might land something eventually. But if you really want to succeed, you are better off targeting applications to each employer. While rage applying could make you feel better in the moment, it's probably a waste of time in the long run. Just remember, stay calm, stay focused, and don't let rage applying consume you to the point that you turn into the incredible hole.
1: Is there something you need some guidance on in terms of your career? Email to laurie.coal at ihire.com. Thanks for listening.